Well, we're in our uh, teaching on real life, and last week, tonight, and next week, I'm going to be talking about overcoming your upbringing. Um, let me remind you, though, that on the weekends, uh, we're teaching on the favor of God. Alicia and I have just been amazed just the last few days, just talking to some people about how the favor of God uh, has come on their behalf. Just amazing. And I want you to expect the favor of God. God is for you. I said, God is for you. You have an enemy that's against you. You already know that. But greater is he that is in you than he who is after you. Okay? And um, we we just need to know that. And and the favor of God is something. I'm going to be teaching this weekend on how the favor will find you. Okay? And uh, very, very important. We're going to see some incredible things out of Scripture on that. Uh, but be here, get some folks here with you. Um, our sanctuary right now is maximized um, seating wise. And I want you to believe with me. We've had growth this year. We've had a very healthy year for the church. Um, but I believe that every chair is to hold a person. Amen. And I'm believing in this new year. I was in the in this room the other day all by myself. And, and I, I just was thanking the Lord and I just felt his presence. And I said, Jesus, fill this fill this room. And there's plenty of people, plenty of people that need uh, the message and need Jesus and need to be a part of the the family. And so I just want you to believe with me, but I don't want you to just believe with me. Um, You're going to hear this a lot in 2012. I think that each one is to reach one. And I want you to go ahead and kind of get in your, in your heart. I'm to reach somebody this year, at least one person you're to reach and we're talking about somebody that needs needs Jesus, or they're unchurched, um, and they need to be rechurched. And um, a lot of people studies show a lot of people don't go to church because they've been to church. Okay, and uh, we want them to know, hey, church is safe and church is fun. And you know, I think all the things of God, if you're not enjoying them, you're just not doing them right. Okay, and uh, prayer, I I enjoy prayer. If you're hating prayer, you're doing it wrong. You know, and uh, all of those things. But go ahead and start to to pray and say, God, yes, use me this year uh, coming up to reach somebody. And um, invitational evangelism is a huge, huge thing. But it really comes on the heels of relational evangelism where, you you know, you're you're connected to somebody and God will order your steps. Going to be amazing, amazing year 2012. Amen. All right. Overcoming your upbringing, uh, I, I will weave in a little bit of review, but I asked you actually, if you were here last week, to go back and review as best you could uh, online somehow, CD, notes, or whatever, to go back over this, because I shared a lot of things uh, with you last week. Let me um, start again, kind of where I started last week, and you've heard me say this a number of times, over. Over all the years of of ministry, I really have come to boil it down to what is ministry? Really, what is ministry? And, of course, it's it's bringing God's love and God's truth to people. And when that comes to bear in a person's life, you know, that brings change. And the goal, of course, is life change. The goal is life change. And life change shows up in our priorities. But really, the target of what we're trying to do is much of ministry, I really have come to find, is people repair. People repair. And, and then on the proactive end of it all, it has to be people prepare. And that's why we're trying to reach 
this next generation. We'll be talking more about that. We have a whole uh, part of our ministry called Next Generation Ministries. And, and it is to reach everybody from birth, um, you know, all the way C20. It's all, all the way through their 20s um, because of that is such a prime target. Uh, for the enemy and also that's where a lot of things get really settled concerning your whole life and uh, your relationship with God. So that's a big priority for us and going to be increasingly so. And that doesn't take away from anybody else. Don't forget me. No, we're not going to forget you at all. But you've got to realize how important that that target is. Uh, But a lot of what ministry is is actually people repair. Most of life breaks down into two things. And I'll go ahead and write these out here. Directions and decisions. Directions and decisions. How many of you have ever made a wrong turn before somewhere? Okay, driving or whatever. It's like, uh uh-oh, you know. And... uh, directions and decisions and everything needs and you hear me just about every at the close of just about every uh service in the altar call talk about this that if your directions and decisions are taking you away from god you're going to incur damage in your life and because you're going away from the source of of life and love himself and so a lot of ministry we is focused on people repair largely because of some directions and decisions. But there's a whole other aspect of that, and that has to do with other people. And this is where overcoming our upbringing comes in. Are you all here? You good? Okay. Um, Because in our life, in our formative years, and as we're growing up, we had parents and grandparents and siblings and classmates and neighbor kids and coaches and teachers and strangers and I mean just all over the place we've had people that have impacted our life positive or negative is is that am am I telling the truth here okay and and unfortunately a lot of them hold way more sway in our life than we would want and because of their directions and their decisions Sometimes then that hurts, um, you know, somebody that's growing up. Um, Root issues produce fruit issues. And when you and I, as a child in our formative years, even into our teenage years, um, things are being said in us that are... The roots, you know, the Ten Commandments, really, if you get the first three right, you're going to keep all ten. You know, you've got root issues and you you have fruit issues. The root is, is very, very important. Too often we're just trying to deal with the fruit, the behavior, the symptoms, that kind of thing. And we've got to always go to the root and, and deal with the root. And there are things that happen in people. Uh, you've heard this saying before, hurt people hurt people, but also helped people, help people and healed people, heal people and found people, find people and that kind of thing. But we're watching play out in the news right now. And I, some of it is just so unpleasant. We're watching some high profile, uh, situations in the news right now where men have bothered children 
And, you know, I read the other day, I didn't read the whole article, but I believe it's one of the cases, and, and one is Syracuse, I guess, and one is Penn State. Uh, I, I think out of the Syracuse one, um, that there's a young man who was abused by uh, this coach or whoever he was, um, and good luck, buddy. Um, we'll talk about that in a minute, um, because Jesus said this. I'm going to paraphrase. Don't mess with kids. Don't mess with kids. It'd be better for you that a millstone be hung around your neck and you be cast into a deep sea. Okay. Um, But one of his victims, get this, one of his victims admitted that he had victimized someone else. So a root issue produced a fruit issue. And I know this isn't comfortable and this isn't, this isn't pleasant, but you know what? We've got to overcome. We've got to overcome. And, and um, it's important that we talk about such things and get some light from some scripture here. But root issues produce fruit issues. And that's why people prepare next generation ministries and so forth. We, we want to establish within people much better roots so they have much better fruit. And, and that's why we want our homes to be healthy. That's why we want, we want you to be healthy and so forth. And church to be healthy and vibrant and thriving so that, you know, all those things that we pour into this. One of the reasons we have an academy um, and some other things that, that we'll be doing as the, as the Lord would lead and provide for us to do. Um, so that, you know, ultimately it has to do with the fruit is the end result. But it has to do, first of all, with the root. So what we've got to do and what we're looking to do in this brief teaching here is to go back and overcome some of our upbringing and perhaps deal with some root issues. Now, all behavior is need motivated. All behavior is need motivated. Everybody say that with me. All behavior is need motivated. Whenever you see somebody acting out, there's a need behind that. Okay, there's a need behind that. And uh, we could give a thousand different scenarios on that. Uh, If somebody's angry and fighting, there's something behind that. When Nancy Alcorn was here, she said there's usually a why behind the what, you know, and and there's there's something back there. What what is that? And typically it has to do with unmet needs, unmet needs, some kind of trauma. And that can be some kind of rejection or some kind of event that took place. I shared with you last week, uh, I lived in a happy little neighborhood. And my buddy that lived right behind me, just the street behind me, uh, when we were in about fourth grade, his mother was kidnapped. His mother was murdered. That's traumatic. That's traumatic. And that was traumatic for them. That was traumatic for me. Um, uh, last week, it kind of hit me when I was sharing about it. I didn't realize how much it still hurts, you know, and uh, my parents divorced and that was not a pretty divorce. It was not amicable at, at, at all. And um, those kind of things hurt and they can affect you in ways. 
Well, here's what children do a lot of times. And, and, and I'm not entirely referring entirely to children, but we need to understand this. When there are unmet needs, be they natural needs or love and belonging needs, security needs, esteem needs, when those things are not met and or then you have traumatic uh, events that come into a life, here's what a child does. A child tends to think somehow they were responsible. And that's the evil part of all of this. Because, you know, it's not your fault, it's not your fault, it's not your fault. And what we do, though, then, is people take on emotional, it's also called existential debt. And it's not their debt to pay. But they feel like, I have to pay this. Somehow I'm going to, in my life, compensate for this unmet need, this trauma that happened in my life. And usually that ends up in unhealthy behavior. So let's go back again. All behavior is need motivated. So we're, and we can't, listen, you can't, I can't, I can't go back and fix a whole lot of things. You can't, I can't go back. You know, a lot of you maybe had issues in the home. Maybe there was divorce. Maybe there was violence. Maybe there was substance abuse or alcohol or, or whatever it would be. And, and listen, don't let anybody sitting on your road fool you into thinking, no, everything was just great at my address. Don't let them fool you, okay? And there's some kind of anger or this or that. Uh, you know, we can't go back and fix that. We can't go back and pay that debt. We can't go back and change what happened. So we're going to have to overcome. Well, guess what? The only way to overcome anything is by faith. We've got to have faith involved in this. And faith is not just faith for faith's sake. Faith, Paul said, I know whom I have believed. Jesus is the one. Wish y'all were here. Jesus is the one who's going to be able to help you to overcome whatever happened in your life. Jesus is the one that will make you a new creation. A species of being that never existed before. The, the new comes and the old passes away. Jesus is the one. We can't just give you self-help books and put you in some kind of program and all that. You have to have Jesus to come into your life. And it's, it's him in our life that's going to help us to overcome whatever has happened in our life, whatever needs were not met. And the goal then is that we would be healthy, that we, we, we would be godly, we would be whole, we would be secure. The goal is that we would be happy, stable, fruitful, and blessed. That's the goal. Guess what? Somebody else had a goal. The enemy of your soul had a goal. And, and he, he saw this. If I can somehow get in and skew their decisions and their directions. If at all possible, keep them from being happy, stable, fruitful, and blessed. You know, and that's what the enemy targets is to try to, to ruin those things. And instead, let you grow up and end up being hurt and scared and insecure and scarred and, and, and all of those things. And I'm telling you what, Jesus came so he could bring wholeness in our life. 
He didn't come because we were whole and holy and all that. He came because we were a mess, we were broken, and the enemy was running roughshod over our over his people and over families and and Jesus came to bring wholeness. I wish you were as excited about that as I am. Jesus came to bring wholeness. And there's nothing there's nothing there's nothing that God cannot fix and help. Remember that he's a creator and he's a redeemer. Right now he is worshiped in heaven because he's a creator and he's a redeemer. There are created beings that worship him, cease not day and night around the throne right now in heaven. That gives me goosebumps right now. They cease not day and night to tell him that he's worthy. You are worthy. You are worthy. You are worthy. And to give him praise for two things. The book of Revelation points out because he's a creator and because he's a redeemer. And I want you to know something. He's a creator and he's a redeemer. And so he can, a redeemer can fix things and a creator can make things. And so whatever's needed in our life, he is worthy because he is a creator and he is a redeemer. Well, I'm getting happy just preaching up here. So anyway, amen. Now, the big issue or big symptom that ends up kind of playing out is insecurity. And I'm not going to raise your hand, have you raise your hand if you're insecure because you'd be like, That'd make you feel insecure. If, if you, what, what if I'm the only one who raises my hand? Or what if I raised my hand first? Or you know, um, but that's a big symptom, and that affects our decisions, our directions, our outlook, our our relationships. Truly, if you have a wrong view of yourself, you're going to have a wrong view of God, Amen. and the devil knows that. And so that's why he works so hard to get you dented and damaged and hindered and scarred and scared and all of those things. So what we want to do is to move past this. And I'm, we're just going to look at two things briefly tonight. Um, I made a promise to uh, Pastor John and the whole team that I get you out of this, out of this room by 8 o'clock, okay? Because they're going to be doing... Uh, rehearsals and Q to Q tech stuff and all kinds of things tonight. So that's important, but we're going to continue on this next week as well. But what do we do? And, and I hope my prayer is that life was really good for you. You know what? I had some very traumatic things to happen in, in my life, but, but I still somehow look back and I was, I was a happy kid. And had some good things, you know, happen. And we were poor and I didn't know it really. I was reminded when I go to school sometimes, you know, but um, a lot of things to overcome, but it's amazing how resilient we are. But yet the damaged areas that the enemy likes to get in and make you feel insecure about. So Whatever your story on whatever scale this may be, and if we're one to 10 and it's like, you know, you're fortunate to even be here as a 10 and one, you were barely scathed. You didn't realize anything was going on at all in the world. You know, whatever, wherever you come in on that scale, uh, take this and apply this. Plus, remember that the formula for all of this real life teaching is not just to help you, but it's to help you to help some other folks. Okay, so. First thing that we want to look at here tonight 
is you need to admit it. You just need to admit it. You need to, folks, and listen, you want to work on this to some degree. You need to know your story. You need to know your story. Some people, I I don't want to know my story. and, And I'm not talking about you've got to delve into it all and contact everybody and all of those things. But you need to admit, and this is what you need to admit, the past truth. The past truth. Um, another way to say it is this, face it, face it, face it, that there was pain, that there was failure, that there was rejection. It's all, it's all part of your story. You know, in AA, they say that before they can really help you, you got to admit that you got a problem before Jesus can be your savior. You have to admit, I need a savior before he can be your healer. You have to admit, I, I, I need a healer. Okay. Before the tow truck could come for you, you got to call them and say, hey, I'm stuck. Um, we have to ad- admit it and stop denying it. Listen, every one of us need to realize to whatever degree it would be. And again, my prayer is I hope you had hardly anything happen to you. Okay. But my prayer would be is that you would just face and say, you know what? It's this and, the, and, and, and we're stacking something here. Okay. Remember, we always stay on the right side of the. So we're getting this out first, okay? Yes, there was pain. Yes, there was problems. Yes, mom and dad did this. Yes, that happened. That got said to me. Or that never got said to me. And I always wanted that said to me. I mean, uh, I, I talk to grown men all the time that their dad never told them that he loved them. And, and so that creates a gap, an unmet need. And you know what they will do then for that? they will try to find some way to get dad to acknowledge in some way that he loves him. I have, I have a friend, which you'll know, you'll know who I'm talking about. We have a, a good friend, awesome guy. And he said that growing up, his dad never told him they loved him. And the most attention he got from his dad was when he played football and when he would just cream somebody out on the field. And he just, you know, he just knock them silly and then his dad, that's my boy, you know, when he just wiped somebody out. And he was talking to me a while back and he said, Pastor, I got a real problem with my son. Okay, so this, you know, dad's gone. And now we got this guy that dad never said I love you, except when, you know, in ways like, you know, when he creamed somebody. So now he has a son and he said he's, he's very athletic. He said, but he just won't go hit guys on the football field. And he said, and I think it's because I tell him every day, son, I love you. And there's some, there's some truth in that. I don't got to go prove that. Dad loves me, you know. Um, and there's so many people. I wish somebody had said that to me. I wish we'd had that. I wish they'd never had said that to me. Why did they say that to me? Why did that happen? And we have all those things going on. But you know what? At some point you say, it happened. It happened. And maybe you messed up along the path. You know what? It happened. It happened. It's part of your story. It's part of where we are. And Jeremiah chapter 6 verse 14 in the Living Bible says, you can't heal a thing by saying it's not there. You can't heal a thing by saying it's not there. And so, yes, this happened. 
But, and that's where we're trying to get. Everybody's staying back, you know, and, and we want to get ahead on this. Second Corinthians chapter 4, verse 8 and 9. Paul says, we are hard pressed on every side. Yet, that's like but, yet not crushed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Struck down, but not destroyed. And so it's, it's a big issue that we stay on the right side of the butt. In essence, what we're doing when we admit it, because remember, root issues produce fruit issues. And, and listen to me, part of what we're doing is we're trying to find the root. Because if, if you and I have some fruit issues, if we have some things, why are you? And I went through the big list last week. I'm not going to go through the list this week, but why are you argumentative? Why are you, uh, why can't you follow through? Why are you defensive? Why are you lazy? Why do you overwork? Why are, you know, we went through all of these things last week for the complete list review last week, but I'm pretty sure I got everybody on that list last week. So why am I this way? What we're trying to do is find a root. We're trying to find the root of this. So we're going to have to admit this. When we find the root, now this is very important, church, listen to me. We're not trying, uh, we're not on a blame-placing mission. We're trying to find a starting place for grace. We're not trying to find all the people that were mean to you or ignored you or said ugly things or took something that was yours or pushed you down or broke in line or left you or whatever it would be. We're not trying to list all those people and all those things. We're not on a blame placing mission. We're trying to find a starting place for the grace of God to begin to work. So first of all, we admit. Second of all, we're going to address it. Address it. We admit past truth. We're going to address present truth. Now, real quick, before I get into this, um, and I'm not trying to sell books, and even even if I did, I don't benefit from this. I did a book a few years ago called Seasons. I think it's a very important teaching. I view life through the lens of seasons. If you're going through something right now, guess what? It's a, it's a what? It's a season. Don't, don't ascribe that thing your whole life. I, I say this with, with truth, but also with a little bit of humor. If you got beat up in third grade on the playground and you're 50 now and every day you're, you're still, but you know, you're stuck in a season. And, and on the other end, if you were a track star in seventh grade and you're 50 now, we don't want to see your trophy. All right. We don't care. You can't run anymore. So don't get stuck in a season, okay? But very, very important that, that we get unstuck. And so we admit past truth, but now we're going to address present truth. 
And this is where we have found the root, but now we're going to, we've faced it. Now we're going to deface it. And by this, you begin to cut up the root, not dig up the root. I'm, I'm not for going back and digging up everything. I think you need to have an understanding of your story. It's, it's pretty clear to you already. Some people teach and some counselors counsel, we're going we're gonna to drift back and we're going to go through everything. I think to replay is to relive. And I, I don't think you need to bring up all the emotions and memories and everything that goes with everything. But in general, you need, you need to know your story. You, d- you do need to know, you know, kind of what happened. But we're not trying to go back and dig up the past. I'm trying to burn up the past. I'm trying to cut up the past and chop it up and leave it behind. Can I get an amen out of anybody here tonight? And you do that with the Word of God. The Word of God is described as an axe. It's described as a sword. It's described as a hammer. It's described as fire. It's described as light. It can be laser light if need be. And I think what we need to do is go back and destroy the impact, the effect that those unmet needs had or the trauma that happened in our life and deal with it. Colossians 1 verse 13 and 14. He, Jesus, has delivered us. Say that's me. From the power of darkness and conveyed or transferred us into the kingdom of the son of his love in whom we have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of sins. Listen, we've been transferred. We've been dramatically rescued out of the out of the out of the past in first John chapter three, verse eight. It says for this purpose, everybody say this purpose. For this purpose, the Son of God was manifest that he might destroy the works of the devil. And that's what we're talking about. That he might destroy. This is why he came. Was to destroy the works of the devil. That word destroy means to break and beat to pieces. To destroy, to loosen, and to dissolve. And that happens... With Jesus coming into our life, his person, but do not underestimate this. Look at me for this. And his word. You're going to have to have his word in your life. If you don't hear another thing, hear what I'm about to say. Your life will never change until your words change. And and not, not just getting Oprah's words or somebody else's words or some poet's words. You're going to need to get the living word of God that is sharper than any two-edged sword that's able to cut that root. And stop letting the devil write the script for your life. Well, don't you know this happened to me and I'm this and I'll never be that and I can never go there and this. And it's an internal dialogue. It's this self-speak that goes on. I never looked like they did, and I never had what they had. And there's a million things that, you know, people are insecure about. Oh, if I only looked like them. Well, go talk to them, and they're so insecure because they don't have what somebody else has, or this or that. And none of us are built like G.I. Joe, and none of us are built like Barbie. And yet we played with them. 
This is an unrealistic standard right in front of us. Y'all hearing me? And I'm telling you, the enemy loves to write the script for your life. And you may not verbalize it, but it's going on on the inside. But I'll tell you what, you do verbalize it and it comes out. Well, I can't. We could never. We'll never afford that. We can't go there. No, not us. Blah, 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 blah. And your life is never going to change until your words change. And you're going to change your words by getting the word of God in your heart and in your mouth. Now, there's a whole bunch of scripture on this, a whole bunch on this. But I want you to, to get a hold of this. The Word of God, and remember, we need a sword to chop up this root. The Word of God becomes a sword when you put it in your mouth. Now, I'm not talking about literally putting your Bible in your mouth, okay? But when you put the Word of God in your mouth, and maybe you've sinned, well, we all have. And you say, He is faithful and just to forgive me of my sins and to cleanse me from all unrighteousness. He is faithful and just, and I am forgiven and cleansed. And I'm a new creature. I'm a new creation in Christ Jesus. The old things are passed away, and the new has come. And I am complete in Him who's the head over all principality and power. And I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And I am never alone and I am never without help. I have favor that surrounds me like a shield. My mind is stayed on Him and He gives me peace. I cast my cares on Him because He cares for me. You've got to fill your mouth with God's Word. And, and then all the residual effect and junk, the root, is, the, the root and fruit issues pervading, invading your life now, you chop those things down. And we need to get away from the script that the enemy has written for your life and begin to speak out the Word of God Amen. in your life. Yes. Amen. You need to counter. You need to counter every word and every thought that comes to you that is not in line with the Word of God. And we're going to get on to this a little bit more next week, but listen to me. The prerequisite is you're going to have to get into the Word. One of the greatest things the enemy has tried to do, one of his prime projects is to keep you out of the Word. And you're going to have to shove right past him and make it a part of your life where you're getting daily exposure to intake of the word of God. Get yourself in church every time that you can so you can hear the word taught and declared and righteousness preached to you. Wisdom of God preached to you. You've got to get that. Be listening to the word of God on your eyes, talking to a brother before service. He, he not only comes every service, but then he listens to every message seven times. Before he comes back again. You know what? I want to hang out with a guy like that because he's going to have some victory in his life. And get that in your heart and get that in your mind and get that in front of your eyes. But get it in your mouth and get it in your self-talk as well. Because your life is never going to change until your words change. Amen? I'm going to stop right there. Did anybody get anything out of this tonight? Amen.